Okay. And we're rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Sidelines. My name is Courts, and I'm here with my main man, Az. How are you, buddy? I'm going good, Courts. What about yourself? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. I know we keep saying this at the start of every episode, but we are still in El Loco Ladano here in Melbourne. It's going well. Yes, the whole... Uh, now we've got to wear masks. Yes. There's your mask game. Uh, very Sub-Zero-esque. I actually ordered mine from... Culture Kings, not that they sponsor us, but Culture Kings. <laughs> I ordered my, a uh, like a paisley mask, so I look more like a bandit. I feel like if you're a ninja, you'd be wrapped right about now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're built legitimately for this. <laughs> this is your time to shine. I mean, the other you know side of that coin is that being a ninja, you've spent a long time practicing how to be sneaky and not be seen, and suddenly you're allowed to just walk around and be seen. So it kind of like doesn't really go, but. I mean, at the same time, you finally get to wear your mask out in uh, public. Well, the other thing I was wondering is, I was like, surely bank robbers must be real psyched right now. Yeah. Like, is that enough of a, now's our time to finally pull the pin on this plan? We've been, you know, like, is that going to be the final G up to go, it's a sign. Let's yeah, do it. I think so. They got to sit, you know, they've been waiting for a while and they're like, no, I think 2020 is our year. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, ANZ Richmond, here we come. Okay, one of the other things that was, was quite funny and, um, I made mention to is it was very quick that Melbourne complained and then embraced with very artistic, cliche, bouge face masks. Oh, yeah. Like overnight. Yeah. It was like whack. Yeah. The hipster communities of the northern suburbs just straight pivot to just making homemade masks. <laughs> Dusted one off and we're like, oh, yeah, this Melbourne Bitter one. Yeah, I've yeah. this for ages. Yeah. And the whole like, oh, these were originally going to be the backdrop from my faux arts play that was going to happen in Fitzroy, but I've now decided to slice it up into masks and they're available for twenty four ninety five from my online store. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> but I mean, power to the people. Like, it's good to see everyone got around it. But yes, it has made me laugh a hell of a lot. Yes. Yeah. Which I shouldn't, but I am. And naturally, you know, different newspaper outlets spend their time writing articles on the, you know, the top 10 face masks to wear and what your face mask says about you. Yeah. What does yours say about you, Courts? Uh, mine says about me that I think I'm a lot tougher and more intimidating than I am in real life. It's a bit of a common theme I've noticed so far. Yes. Uh, I genuinely looked at it and was like, yeah, I can finally wear this and have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I can finally roll into Woolworths. And not take a backward step when lunging for the broccolini. <laughs> As. Yes. What is my favourite documentary? Look, I'm going to go on a limb and say, all, right, all time or right now? All time. Because they're both one and the same. So it's the last dance. Correct. You keep sending me shit about it. <laughs> uh, I just put the fishing line out there and away we go. So I wanted to bring this up because I'm looking for any excuse to talk about it. <laughs> Months after it's finished. Scotty Pippen, the world's greatest Robin to Batman, for those that shamelessly don't know what I'm talking about. He came out in an interview and said, I'm not annoyed about the stuff that happened in the documentary, despite there being a lot of reports that he was pretty pissed off about the way it was portrayed. Yeah. Oh, wait, so he's, he's gone back against those reports? Because I remember the early reports. Yeah. 
So he came out the other day and tried to clarify and say, no, 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 I'm not annoyed, I'm not annoyed, I'm not annoyed. It's all good, it's all good. But this is the sentence that he gave that he expected people to go, oh, okay, he's not annoyed anymore or at all. Why would I worry about something that happened 30 years ago? <laughs> That's not really very definitive in the fact that he <laughs> yeah, doesn't know. Like, that does not in any way, shape or form answer the question of are you pissed off about the way that the documentary <laughs> portrayed you? No, you just, you've got a flippant comment that sort of just stops the chatter. Yeah, you, yeah, like, oh, why should I worry about something that happened a long time ago? Yeah, that's fine, but are you pissed off about how it was described to you in a documentary in 2020? Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't really steer into that one at all. Yeah, apparently he was salty at like MJ basically saying he's like selfish, choosing to get surgery like on the eve of the season when he knew he had to get it three months earlier. Or MJ saying he's basically a little bitch because he didn't come into a game against the Pistons in like the 1990 Eastern Conference Finals because, you know, the migraine and all that stuff. Yeah, not, not my fault he signed a deal. He was getting no money, all this sort of shit. Yeah, was it 10 years, $10 million while MJ is raking like, what, 30? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good manager. No. You would not want to be... I, I bet before the last dance, his manager from that era was going, I used to manage Scotty Pippen back in the day. I bet when that doco came out, you do not want to hang your hat on that deal. <laughs> um, so just like in finishing on that, I guess I wanted to ask you, I'm going to talk like with confidence, okay? So bear with me. Okay. When they make a documentary about our podcast and our show. We don't have behind the scenes cameras yet, but we will. When, <laughs> when they make our documentary in 30 years time, what could I get away with saying on camera about you where you wouldn't be forced to make a statement to the press saying, why would I worry about something that happened 30 years ago? Look, you probably get away with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But is it more like, what would you say that I'd arc up at? Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Like, that's up to you. Like, what would you tolerate? And then what would cross the line? I know. Does that mean you've got something that you like, you know, you don't want to wait 30 years for? You just rather get off your chest now? Well, uh, look. I <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, I couldn't call you a little bitch <laughs> the way Jordan basically did. True. But say, okay. Say it's inclement weather outside. It's raining heavily. And I ring you up and I'm like, hey, bro, are we still on for seven? And you're like, ah, oh, I don't know, man, it's raining. Um, I'm a little nervous about driving in the rain. Uh, maybe, can we, can we reschedule? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 cool. And then the next day I get a phone call from our manager who's like, oh, um, the president of Fox Sports was listening in and was waiting for your episode to come out and it never came. What happened? Like, oh, Aaron did one drive in the rain. And then 30 years later in a documentary, they talk about the rain game night. <laughs> Is this also painting a story where in the doco you get to talk about the rain game where you solo delivered it and this becomes <laughs> your – this isn't against me. This is more your moment where it's just like no one thought you could do it by yourself but you did. Out of nowhere, you carried the flame. <laughs> Out of nowhere, you had you also had some like dodgy jalapeno poppers or something beforehand. Yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah. So then what I tell the manager is, oh, don't worry. Here, I'm going to send you this solo episode that I recorded. And that's what secured us our massive TV deal and launched our careers. Yeah. And I got to sit there and then I'm not the one managing the, I'm not the one producing the documentary. I'm just in the documentary. Yeah. Been filthy about this exact thing. Yeah. You're, like I become, uh, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten his name from Wham. George Michael. Yeah, I become George Michael. You become the other guy from Wham. <laughs> like because of that incident. That's <laughs> no, nice to know. Uh, the the seeds have been planted of the demise. So my question is, what could I get away with saying about you on that topic in the documentary? Well, probably a fair bit, as long as I get a right of rebuttal. <laughs> I just play the man. Like, would you also be disappointed if then it came out in the doco that I was on like 30 million a year and you're on a 10 year, $10 million contract? Yeah, filthy. Because you missed the rain game. Be more, be more filthy. There was just like, and then there's like another scene where you're, it's actually like you've been standing outside my window with like a bucket or like, (laughs) or you've bought, you've bought it off all my um, tires. So that's why I, you know, nearly crashed my car one time. And that's why I don't like driving in the rain. Oh, that's a good plot twist. That'll make a good doco. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be a very interesting doco. We'll probably yeah. lead this podcast into somewhere different, which would be like dodgy crimes with us two, courts and AP. To be fair, if we rose above such sabotage to become leaders in our field, it'd be all the more like worthwhile content. Imagine that footage. Me going to your house and slicing your tires up and stuff and then trying to justify it in a chair 30 years later. That would be good. That'd be great. You trying to tell me you wouldn't watch that? Oh, I'd watch it. (laughs) (laughs) My mum wouldn't watch it. She'd be very disappointed in me. It's all part of the long game. Correct. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know if we actually answered that, but I think we were on to something far greater, which is the trajectory of our career and how it would be documented. (laughs) Is going to be filled with dodginess and obscure moments in time. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I'd never do that to you. I'd never betray you. I know you would drive in the rain. I'm the one that's more likely to find some feeble reason to (laughs) not get off my ass. (laughs) I mean, the reality is I'd probably be more inclined to do something dodgy to someone else on our behalf. You know what I mean? Like to get a leg up or step over someone. Yeah. The real Tonya Harding. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to Tonya Harding someone for the betterment of our career. That's what I'm telling you, my friend, on air. Oh, I'm sure we've, and to be honest, we've probably mapped that out in a very like thought out plan. Yeah. I, I would like to think if someone came to you and said, oh, um, guys, there's uh, this podcast called The Side on the Lines uh, that's <laughs> going to be signed by Fox Sports um, and they actually record Two Doors Down. <laughs> I'd like to think that you would think of me before working out who you would want to take to that house and kick in the doors. We'd already be there. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, enforced power. Where are you going to go with this? <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite subject to bash at the moment, the AFL. What are they going for now? So I, over the last few weeks, I think anyone listening right now who follows the footy, Anyone who doesn't follow the footy, you've probably seen articles with people complaining about the umpiring, the quality, blah, blah, blah. But what I saw recently is 
two prominent coaches, Clarko Hawthorne's coach, Ken Hinckley, Port Adelaide's coach. They've both publicly in their, I believe, post-game press conferences, but it could have been just midweek news conferences, made comments, uh, derogatory comments towards the standard of umpiring, with Ken Hinckley's one being my favourite, which is the umpires are even more confusing to me now than ever before. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought, it's getting bad when the coaches are just flat out going, this is shit. Um, but like the AFL does better than most, what do you think their response was? Uh, cease and desist. Correct. <laughs> Steve Hocking, the cease and desist letter to all the clubs, informing them of the rules around not criticising the AFL in any forum. Jeez, they're good at that. Yeah. I think sometimes the AFL really, like, they're... They're a copycat league in, in the way that they really want to be like the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. Like they're, they're sort of sitting there going, how can we be like this? But, you know, Gil and those guys, they're the first ones to say, you know, AFL is a game of the people, blah, 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 blah. doesn't really matter. You know, they, they want to make dollary dues and that's what they're here to make. Yep. What are dollary dues, by the way? <laughs> oh, the Simpsons. <laughs> I know. Oh, lucky. There was a flying elbow coming. <laughs> um, but the NFL... For those of you unaware, is you know their commissioner Roger Goodell. He rules it with an iron fist. Yep. It is you could do whatever you want, and it doesn't really matter. Um, but if you cheat, you know he, he, the rules are inconsistent. But it's his way or the highway. The NBA is a lot different. The NBA is a bit more player centric. Yeah. Um, but they they've gone a different route. Um, but again, the NBA is just massive. The NBA is probably the biggest. I think it's the biggest sports league in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, soccer's obviously up there, but there's so many different leagues and whatnot that it gets a bit confusing. Yeah, you could you could put aside, like, say, the general numbers of soccer, football, are probably bigger. But NBA, I think, has more just legit power, prestige, excitement, um, and it's cool. Yeah, soccer. A- NBA's is, cool. Yeah, soccer is, like, fun and it's exciting, but it doesn't always have the cool factor that the NBA has. Well, it probably doesn't help that a lot of soccer is, you know, that classic British guy uh, soccer. Like yeah. that, you know, that does take out a bit of it. Um, but anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. But <laughs> the AFL, they, they very much want to be the NFL and the NBA while still throwing a line out there that they are the AFL and they're for the people and whatnot. Yeah. So this is just them again trying to really ham up that rule that they are ruling the way they want to rule. Yes. Which... I find hilarious because it would be like it'd be like you're running a business. You've got a large corporation. You have a bunch of different departments. The marketing department does a woeful job, confuses everybody. Here's a simple campaign we need you to run. They do a campaign. No one understands it. It'd be like other people in the business trying to say to them, hey, we don't actually understand that. Would you mind sort of clarifying or revising? And the marketing department being able to write them all a cease and desist letter in the office. <laughs> uh, I mean, Do not ever criticise us. I mean, I'm sure there is some businesses out there that actually that. <laughs> um, I just find it to be funny though. Yeah, halfway through saying that point, I was like, actually, to be fair, I've been in some environments where that kind of stuff does fly. <laughs> Don't ever criticise them to their face. Um, I, so I guess like the thing I was going to ask you about is do we really want to have a football league that effectively silences 
any voice that doesn't follow, I'll say the party line to use my communist analogy. It's going that way. It is starting to. They don't want any, they don't want anything to rock the boat. Yeah. At all. Yep. Um, and that's either, you know, players standing out, coaches standing out. Like they choose which stuff is relevant to them. Uh, you know, if the rules make no sense, uh, you don't question the rules. Uh, you know, they don't, you know, the AFL will come out and say, we're not enjoying how the game's being played. And the coaches go, well, here's an answer. Oh, we don't want it from you. But then we'll come back in six months and change the rule to what you said, but tweak it a little bit so it wasn't exactly what you said. Yeah. But kind of took away the good idea and then wrecked it anyway. Yeah. It's like the old uh, knocking off a product methodology. You know, like here's this phone. I'm thinking about putting all my music in it. Well, I've got this thing and I've put all my music in it. Yeah, like mine. No, no, no. This is mine. It's coming out now. Like is that kind of attitude. Oh, is it connected to Wi-Fi? Yeah. No, we made another one. It's FireWire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other, I think this is starting to speak to a broader issue and that is how the league is so carried away with maintaining control over the product that they're eroding the personalities too. Yeah, they keep forgetting that the product is the people. Yes. like, And I mean everything from the coaches down to the players. So you Mick Malthouses, who, good coach in different environments, has an amazing career, three premierships, nothing to laugh at, but was also like a prickly douchebag in so many different environments. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of what part of his appeal was. He felt like the type of dude where you could walk in with a ludicrous, like, bleached rat tail and be like, shave that fucking thing off or you're not coming to training. You know? (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, but all those, like, they're sort of trying to get rid of the, um, like, a coach like Sheeds. Yeah. All those others. They're, I mean, they've got background roles now. Yeah. But they only every now and then pop up. But you can tell that they're definitely not being they're being sort of just told to chill. Yeah. But I don't think coaches like that really exist anymore. There's only a handful that do it and they've got the long tenures. Yeah. And Clarko's only hanging on to his sort of curmudgeon this is garbage because he won four flags. Yeah. He's got the power. Um but I worry that like we're just flattening out any sort of spice. You know, like Toby Green, perfect example. When Toby Green plays well, ah, oh, Toby Green, he's such a star, isn't he? As soon as he does one little thing wrong, you can almost predict the articles the next morning on AFL.com, Herald Sun, The Age. I'll pot all of you. The West Australian. It'll be something around <laughs> the AFL needs to review suspensions. They need to water this down. He needs to pull his head in. His attitude's terrible. His teammates must want to have him traded. All that shit. And it's purely done because he just isn't this sort of clean cut Reggie regular. Yeah, they want they want the player to fit the who they want the players to be. Yeah. And it's boring. Exactly right. It's utterly boring. But like, you know, again, you just hope that those players are able to come out and do that and eventually just, you know, steer the ship. But yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Well, and someone pointed out to me, like, yeah, but look at Dusty. Like, he's not like a corporate guy. And I'm like, yeah, but he's got tats and he's got a funky hair. His dad's, you know, got mixed up in the wrong crowd, as they say uh, at the pub. But he's also the most boring human being in the world when he talks. So there's actually nothing about him that is that offensive. So, yes, he looks edgy on the outside, but what does he do that's edgy? Nothing. 
I mean, he did. Um, what was the at the restaurant? He had something by the chopsticks or something like that. Oh yeah, we, yeah. The AFL doesn't want you to bring that up, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting a cease and desist letter from his. Is it Ralph Carr? He's like creepy manager. You know, he's got that creepy like ventriloquist old manager, Ralph. That's <laughs> like the, the glue on hair. I'm probably going to get stabbed when I go to Paran next. As is the way. <laughs> yeah. That's just Fridays. Yeah. But I, I, I worry about it. Like, we'll never see a Warwick Kappa again. We'll never see, we'll, we'll never see like a Jeff Farmer or a Byron Pickett again either. Like, those guys that just played on the edge where you thought like someone could get hurt in the next instant. Like, we're drowning out every single part of the game that made it unpredictable. Mm. Yeah, it is disappointing, but I don't know. Rant over. <laughs> you finished? Well, for now. I know it's coming back. <laughs> I I don't let things go easily. You can ask many people that know me that. I harbour a lot. So, yep. brings me to the next, our first actual genuine question. Yes. So, this is from some of my old football colleagues. So the scenario is this where effectively my first time meeting these, the lads, uh, Maddie and Ash. Yeah. It was after a few cordials at the <laughs> local corner shop. <laughs> and um, um, basically I got proposed a question, which is if I had to choose between distinguishing between Aaron Fiora which is obviously my first name, and Kane Pettifer, who was my cousin who played a few games for Richmond. Yeah. But I had to decide, would I want Aaron Fjorda for goal of the year or Kane for his... I think he got mark of the year, so we'll just go with that. Goal of the year or mark of the year. Yep. Which started an all-time debate on what one you would actually rather have. Goal of the year or mark of the year? Can I ask... Did the cordial influence, like was there a result or did the cordial get in the way of achieving a result? Look, I think the debate's still raging. (laughs) (laughs) We've never never been able to settle it. So one of the guys is still there at the pub talking, doesn't realise you guys have left. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Um, But look, we always bring it up. Okay. But like I think think there is one that was more definitively, but then it changes every time. Yeah. But that's the question that you called. I mean, I, I'll apply the logic hat first because that will probably stop the outrage. My logic hat is this. I'd rather do Mark of the Year and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Alex Jezelenko, Gary Moorcroft, Jeremy Howe, all-time hangers. And you know Why? Because their clips are short and awesome. So they're played in every single hype reel for the game or the season at all times. Buddy's goal against Essendon. Yeah, that's in all Uh, the clips. Can you be more specific? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But they chopped the thing down because it's too long. Mm. So there's my logic. A great hanger, that's just three or four seconds. And my clips jammed in for the rest of eternity. Might get on a logo too. They love that kind of shit. Exactly. Yeah. A logo shows a hanger. A statue shows a hanger. Statue doesn't show a goal of the year. That just shows a kick. So that's my logic. 
I want to be immortalized in a bronze statue, so therefore I've got to take mark of the year. So that's the logic, but what's what's the heart? The heart says goal of the year because then you get to do the ultimate celebration to the crowd. So for me, winning goal of the year, that's just like the cherry on top of the cupcake, but the real meaty cupcake and the icing is being able to do the Eddie bets like to the fans on the sidelines because you can't do that when you take a mark. Very true. Because odds are you're still in the field of play. Unless you're taking like the Chris Tarrant like monster hang against Geelong. I forgot what year that was, where he's in the goal square. But even then, you can't celebrate. Mm. You've got to stay focused until you slot the goal. Very true. Goal of the year, you're high-fiving or if it's an away game, telling everyone to do stuff to your groin <laughs> with their mouth. <laughs> Look, I do really think that it is mark of the year. It's yeah. got to be. Because even a great goal of the year, at some point, is probably loosely going to be copied or somebody else could get sort of close. Yeah. Like it'd have to be like the specifics to get goal of the year as a one-time thing are very, very unique. You know, you could snap one around your shoulder, but someone else is going to do an awesome snap. And I suppose like there's, say, 20 to 30 goals kicked a game. So the ratio of opportunities for there to be goal of the year is a lot higher. Yep. A lot harder to take a hanger. You have to be able to get off the ground. So I'm probably ruled out automatically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, it's got to be the grab. So you'd go mark of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Can you give me the context of how you take a mark of the year? I get off the ground. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Case in point one. I think that, I mean, the the best grabs are always the, um, they're always on the wing, I reckon. They're always when someone just unsuspectingly just is is jogging back, doesn't realise that someone's just about to put their boot into the back of the head. Yeah. I mean, the, the the dream is taking the hanger on somebody else who's like halfway through their own hanger. Yeah. So you've hangered the hanger. Yes. And that's, you know, if there's a ruckman involved, big. Yeah, very big. So, okay, would you rather have taken Leo Barry's clunk in the 05 GF? Or Gary Moorcroft's, given that Gary's is way more spectacular. Oh, you go on, Leo, because you want you want the clutch. Yeah, you want the clutch. Clutch, yeah. clutch outweighs all. It does, and especially as a backman too. If it's a defensive stop hanger, it's more than a than a forward hanger. Yeah, that's a good point. Same time though, uh, BJ's grab in the drawn grand final, mm. where he absolutely sat on. I don't know who that. I can't remember who it was. That's an all time grab. But do we see it replayed as much as we see Leo Barry's? Well, if that ball had to bounce the other way and Stephen Milne <laughs> kicked a goal, um, <laughs> we probably would have seen that a lot more. Good point. Good point. So, I mean, uh, hopefully your mates feel satisfied by our answers. I don't know if we've really given a definitive it has to be this. No, you can make a case for anything. I mean, the other thing you could say is kicking goal of the year guarantees probably less likelihood of you being delisted at the end of the season. That's a very good point too. Could make that case. Get a few more dollar redos from that. (laughs) (laughs) What gets the chicks? Goal of the year or mark of the year? Because that's the real question. I feel like everything guys discuss at a pub somehow rolls back towards that. I feel like playing AFL helps. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Judging by nightclubs in Richmond on a Friday night or a Saturday night when uh, players roll in. Yes. Playing. 
and with the current slate of haircuts going on by seemingly every AFL player who's in there between what zero and third year, uh, where the, the but the rule is you just have to have the stupidest thing. Um, then yeah, they're probably going quite well for themselves just by playing AFL. Yep, correct. Um, now, before we get into anything meatier, and speaking of meat, you know that I've been on this weird kind of thick athlete, thick boy vendetta passion project recently. Yes. And I was recently disappointed that Nikola Jokic had shed like 30 pounds and thus making him just a tall, skinny guy. Uh, athlete? Yes. <laughs> Did you by any chance see the air? To the throne of a kingdom that I want to go and live in. You're going to have to be a bit more specific. (laughs) (laughs) Abstract. (laughs) Rakim Cornwall, baby. So I'm aware, but for those who aren't, you maybe paint a bit of a word picture. 198 centimetres. 140 kilos. Professional cricketer in the West Indies cricket team, playing against England in the test. Yeah, so he got called up for the third, was it the third test? I, you know, I didn't even care. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I saw the man, I was mesmerized. Everything else faded into the background. I don't know who won. I don't know what he did. I don't care what he did. I don't care if he was the worst player in the field. The fact that he was there is awesome. So now you've got one. You've, you've now acquired one more guy in your stable. Correct. In a stable that I can't actually remember anyone that's still in it because I feel like they were lost weight. <laughs> so it's a stable of one. Yeah. Oh, no, Mummy's still playing for GWS in the footy. Mummy's hanging in there just. Oh. Stuart Jew, coach of Gold Coast Suns. He's technically... I count him. Well, yeah, but he's... Well, I have to because he has iconic thick boy status from the 08 GF. Yeah, he's dense. I mean, he's the only dude I can ever recall where they were made to walk laps at preseason training <laughs> because they were afraid to make him run. <laughs> I feel like the rule is that for the most part, they sort of feel like the gravity changes around them. That should be the rule. Yeah, explain for those of us that aren't uh, science engineers like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Your boys are all thick. Yes. They've got that density around them where basically if I was to be near them, I'd be sucked in. <laughs> Their own gravitational pull. Yeah, they're moving shit. I don't think mummy's got that. Mummy's just dense as. Like he's a big unit. Yeah. yeah he's just powerful. Like if he hip and shoulder me with his hip bone, which could in itself be 30 kilos yeah my entire body would shatter but again he's not he's big boy but he's just big yes so i don't know if he gets to come into the stable no that's a good point i mean we have icons from the past i'm just excited because this can be an icon for the future all right so you're gonna watch you gonna watch his career from now correct so if he starts losing weight what's the number where you're off him once he gets under triple figures, he's lost me. He's 200 centimetres. It's going to be hard. hard yeah. Game. If he drops up to one that, that just shows my like sneaky <laughs> system where my loyalty will never dissipate. But. No, I'll, I'll make you under 120. Yeah, okay. That's a fair deal. Because that's 20 kegs. Yeah. That's Fuck, a, I, I hope he doesn't get run out a lot. 
Because then someone's going to put pressure on him going, you shaved that 20 kegs, you're getting into the crease on time. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Like my, uh, my cousin slash godfather, I'm sure he'll be listening, he's a good egg. He's made like pretty much a career as an, an older cricketer by not running between wickets and just tonking sixes and fours. So I feel like he's on board with my logic, which is you want to see a guy like him who's just going to stand in the crease and just bang. So really he's Chris Gale after some meals. Yeah, he's Chris Gale with, you know, like when you can go into like McDonald's and win like a lifetime supply of Whoppers. <laughs> he's midway through the lifetime supply. And they fucked up and they're like, oh, God damn it. The wrong yeah. guy won. Yeah, it was meant to be 12 months. We put 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where he's at. So I've got him, Daniel Cormier in the UFC. He's a champ or will be a champ again. Derek Lewis, another heavy, heavyweight fighter in the UFC where their body shape beggars belief as to how they're an elite athlete. They're my three. Nikola Jokic, I still have hope for you. I'm just going to allow this temporary weight loss. But once you go back to Europe for the off-season, I expect bulk carbs. And we'll talk again next year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening to another episode. Uh, For all of you out there, we appreciate the listens as always. Uh, You can now find us uh, online on www.thesidelines.com.au. That's right. Got that dot com dot au genuine scenes. Yes, ABN borrowed from a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As always, my name is Courts. Find us on Instagram at the Sidelines Media. Uh, Feel free to get in touch with us if you want us to answer anything, any questions, or get involved in any segments. We appreciate it as always. As Courts, thanks for that, mate. Thank you. Take care, folks. We'll be coming at you again soon. Bye.